Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast powered by Jiffy Lube. He's Justin Dunk and I'm John Hodge. And today we're discussing the Senate and Randy Ambrosi. The CFLPA and positivity. McLeod Bethel Thompson and the Argos. McMaster football and women. John Rush and his beautiful wedding dress. Plus the three minute drill. But first, Dunkster, it's finally official the edmonton football team has a new name the elks do you like the new moniker and logos that the team has unveiled the choice to me buddy made a lot of sense so yes i do like that part of it i'm not so sure yet about the antlers on the helmets and i'm curious Uh, your take on that because you hate love it but to me going away from that classic ee just seems difficult to get used to i'm not saying it's not not difficult to get used to but let's be honest if they keep the ee and they did quietly tweak their logo their 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 logo pardon me uh, a couple of months ago but if you don't change the logo you don't get that merch money and the edmondson football team like all canadian football teams right now needs that money i thought they were smart to change it up they still have the ee as a secondary logo it's still used in some of the branding but having a brand new uh feature logo uh, i think is really smart because whether it's antlers whether it's the new logo people got to spend money if they're going to get that brand new merch which uh which will help the club uh, navigate these tough financial times Overall, I do think that the Edmonton football team 
hit this out of the park. They did a good job in terms of making the process fun, integrating the fans. They talked to the players on the team. They went back and talked to Henry Gizwell Williams, had multiple conversations with him, got his input, the coaching staff as well. Really did a great job and took the proper amount of time and then I believe also unveiled it at a decent time, let's say. You know, the Oilers are out of the playoffs. The Leafs and Habs had just finished Game 7. So overall for me, I think the timing was pretty spot on. And there's some people giving the franchise some props for not having it leak out. Well, I think in these situations, in actuality, what happens, Hodge, is... People know, like a lot of people on the ground in Edmonton knew, but you want to allow the franchise to make a splash. So the fact that this went off, you know, relatively went off without a hitch overall. There was some gear that leaked out on their team app, which kind of made it semi-official. But overall, it's really cool. They did a great job with the teaser video. I'm sure I'll grow to like the helmet. Antler up seems like a cool slogan. And it was really clear over the process that Elk or Elks was number one in terms of what the fans were talking about. Yeah, I ran a poll on Twitter. It got 1,250 votes. And I think it was 13% of people said they hate it. Everyone else. uh, And there was a a really good chunk of people who said they love it. There was a big chunk of people who thought it was okay. And and just a few people who who were kind of undecided. But I think if you're replacing a brand as beloved as, you know, Edmonton's old moniker, and I'm somebody who strongly felt as though it it had to be changed. Um, The vast majority of non-CFL fans in Canada felt it had to be changed. If you just pulled CFL fans, which, which Angus Reid did, uh, the uh, the polling organization, it was a little more split. I was somebody who felt it had to be changed. I applauded them for changing it. Uh, but obviously in the city of Edmondson, there, there's a ton of people, uh, hardcore fans, who didn't want it to change. So the fact that you can un- un- unveil a new brand, right, and only have 13% of people say they hate it, I think that's... You know, considering the popularity of, of the one you're replacing in the province of Alberta, I think that speaks volumes. The other thing I'll say is one thing that's super important in today's day and age is having something that stands out. And the reason I'm saying that is, you know, Eagles was a name a lot of people like. Well, if you Google football Eagles, then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles and about five college teams that are going to pop up before a CFL team. And if you try to use a hashtag, right, hashtag Eagles, I mean, good luck getting any traction. Elks, to me, is unique. It stands out. I love the Elks charge hashtag. I'm sure they're going to do some in-stadium stuff with that, with different calls and, and things like that, getting the crowd engaged with an Elks charge. You know, I think it's smart. I think it's original. I think it's unique. And I think they, uh, like you, Dunkster, I think it was a home run. Great job. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi presented to the Senate Standing Committee on Banking, Trade, and Commerce Wednesday night. He said, quote, We don't think we've seen an opportunity for revenue enhancement to any degree like this we have seen. We will see in the particular Bill C-218. End quote. What were your takeaways from the public meeting? First of all, Randy Ambrosi did a solid job as compared to the last time Hodge we saw him back in May of... My goodness, it's crazy to say, but 2020, when he asked the government for up to $150 million, so he didn't become infamous for a headline that went around the country, 
He represented the CFL well, and to be quite honest, he even admitted when he didn't have the answers, which I actually liked, and I would imagine the Senate did too, because it shows that you're being truthful overall. So Randy admitted that he's not a gaming expert when he was asked some of those questions and left some of those up to Canadian Gaming Association President Paul Byrne. So overall, it seemed to me that the senators that were asking questions were generally supportive of the bill. And I'll take this a step further and say that if in our country right now, it's legal to go into a casino, let's say, and sit down at a slot machine or go to a craps table, let's say, or play some poker or whatever you want to do, that you can go and do that. And we have heard the stories about people you know, losing their house and going into debt and having trouble with gambling issues. So that was brought up on the call, but I think it's so regulated already in our country in terms of gaming overall that this would be the case if indeed single event sports betting was legal. And really to me, it's a simple decision. We want billions of dollars to flow back into our economy instead of those funds going offshore out of our country or into the pockets of organized gaming. So to me, it is an easy decision to get this bill through. I just hope that's the case. Yeah, I agree with you, Dunkster. You know, a couple of years ago in this country, we legalized cannabis, and that's something that, you know, some people are really proud of, some people not so excited about it. But the thing that I think people need to step you know, back and realize and have realized, because I certainly in the last few years have not heard a peep about, you know, the illegalization of cannabis becoming an issue again um, is, of course, that tax revenue. And whether you agree with it or not from a moral standpoint, uh, if there's one thing we can all agree on coming out of a pandemic is that our government needs money. We need money coming into the public coffers in any way that, as you as you illustrated very well, you can keep it from going to places where it's not going to be taxed or places where it could be used for nefarious things. Um, I think is a positive thing. Now, you watched the whole stream, Dunkster. Let me get your opinion. Do you believe that Bill C-218 is, you know, the, you know, what, what, what we call it, the, the miracle cure that the CFL needs to not only survive in the long term, but potentially thrive? That's what Ambrosi was selling it as. And obviously, you want something to go through if you're going to make money off of it. But Ambrosi said that this may be one of the single biggest opportunities that the Canadian Football League has ever faced. And obviously, with what they've dealt in terms of the financial toll because of the pandemic, that would be an actual perfect time for the CFL overall. So I'm with you there, Hodge. I do think that it is critical for the league that this bill gets passed overall. Now, from my standpoint, I'm not an expert in terms of covering the Senate. But it seemed like that was the way that they were leaning. Most of the senators seemed on board with it. They understood, maybe not necessarily sports betting, which I don't think you really need to understand, but that it can have a positive impact on Canadian citizens from coast to coast. So I hope that the process gets expedited and that it is taken care of and passed by July 16th, which is the recess in the summer for the Senate, because there are talks about a potential... And it's just potential, and it's only reports right now, but an election that could happen in the fall. There you go, which would, as we understand it, put this whole thing potentially back to square one, 
which is terrible news for the Canadian Football League if that occurs. we got to take a quick break, Dunkster. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the 2021 CFL season. The CFLPA has a much more positive tone regarding the potential for a 2021 CFL season following COVID-19 meetings put on by each respective franchise. Are you optimistic, Dunkster, about the CFL playing football this year? Well, when I got my hands on the CFLPA memo that Solomon Elamimian sent out to the membership, it did lean me that way towards being a little more optimistic. I'm still of the mind that there is, that there is no season until there's a season. But the fact that the players are having these meetings or at least can attend these meetings if they want to with their respective franchises to go over these inform- informational sessions, which are largely built around what they're going to have to do in terms of being ready, obviously not training, but being ready to adhere to the COVID-19 protocols and getting across the border and doing all those types of things. I will say on the flip side of that, Hodge, there have been no travel plans, flights or otherwise, booked by any team in the league. So even though we have this positive momentum, until that starts happening, then I'm not going to believe that a season is close to kicking off. And the more that we get closer to that date, like today, Hodge, July 3rd, we're recording this, is less than a month away to when teams were supposed to begin at least having that seven-day quarantine period before opening training camps on July 10th or in and around that date. Some of the teams were a little different, but that July 10th date was the rider. So to me, until those flights get booked, then there is no season. Yeah, and I spoke with a few players this week. One of them I had a quote in Insider Talk saying essentially that, look, until my flight is booked and I've got that confirmed in my phone on lock, they are going to be skeptical about the status of a season. And I understand that the the players and, and football fans in general in this country kind of got burned in 2020 when the CFL just kind of went dark amid, you know, the first few months of the COVID pandemic and then eventually canceled the season uh, in August. Um, so I get it, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, that whole thing. But I will say, Dunkster, I am optimistic with the way that COVID numbers are really beginning to decline in this country, the third wave really starting to crest and come down, and a lot of provinces looking uh, to potentially have full stadiums as early as August. Uh, My hopes are very high. I'm really starting to get excited. Manitoba and Ontario still the keys to me. And one of those teams in Ontario made a major move this week, Hodge, the Argos re-signed quarterback McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Genius move, announcing it the same day as Canadians Maple Leafs Game 7. I just can't <laughs> understand why that was done. But anyways, moving on. Is Macbeth underrated or underappreciated or both? You know, I, I think McLeod Bethel-Thompson is a little underrated. I think he's a little underappreciated. I fired off a bunch of texts as soon as that news broke to, to different people because, of course... You know, people might remember, well, Matt Nichols was going to be the guy and then he got cut. Nick Arbuckle got cut and they ended up trading places. And, you know, one of the, you know, circus like days the CFL has experienced in recent years with two guys getting cut and then essentially swapping places. So Toronto, you've got McLeod Bethel Thompson, who led the league 
quietly in touchdown passes in 2019 amid a 4-14 and season. And then you got Nick Arbuckle, who started seven games in his whole career, went 4-3 and in Calgary in 2019 while Bo Levi Mitchell was nursing a shoulder injury. I do think Bethel Thompson deserves some more credit than he gets. And some of the people who I exchanged messages with said, yeah, you know, he would be my guy. I would start with Bethel Thompson because you know what he is. You don't really know what Nick Arbuckle is. Bethel Thompson, you know, yeah, some of his yards came in garbage time but you know he's he's a veteran he's 32 he's he's really started a lot of games you know he could be a guy who could potentially you know mentor Nick Arbuckle a little bit but I also had people on the flip side saying you know Nick Arbuckle I think his ceiling is higher I think he can do more things he's more dynamic he's more exciting I would see him as the starter and Bethel Thompson as the insurance policy if I had to pick today that's probably how I would lean make Arbuckle the starter on a bit of a short leash with Bethel Thompson able to come out of the dugout. But Dunkster, I'd love to know, what are your thoughts? Do you think Bethel Thompson should be the day one starter for the Toronto Argonauts? It doesn't really matter what I think, to be honest, because the money's going to talk in this situation. Nick Arbuckle got $150,000 signing bonus, and we're patiently, it takes a while, but awaiting the details of McLeod Bethel Thompson's contract to come in because that's going to tell you, hey, who did the Argos give more upfront money to? I'm told Macbeth did get some money right when he signed okay. that contract. But if it's not $150,000, Hodge, you and I know who's going to start the season as number one. Good point. For the first time in program history, the McMaster Marauders football team has established two apprenticeships for coaching positions targeted specifically for women. Should the CFL have done this first? Yes, my man. They like to beat their chest and talk about how they're innovators in terms of the rules and some other things overall. The NFL has started to do this in a way. We've seen more and more female coaches down there. There was a couple, I believe, on the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our own Amanda Ruler, I should say, contributor to Three Down Nation and I'll call her Miss Everything out there in Saskatchewan. She wants to get into the coaching mix in the CFL, perhaps maybe even at the U Sports level. So yes, for sure, the CFL should have been doing something like this before when they at least saw the NFL going this way. I'm not saying you have to give out jobs, but you need to at least have that inclusion that the CFL likes to put on t-shirts and call diversity is strength. You got to do more than just put it on a shirt. You got to actually back up those fonts or that talk, let's say. Yeah, that is a good point. And and we will say, I mean, the CFL does have more diversity and a better history of diversity than most pro leagues. But I do fully agree, Dunkster. There's always a lot more that could be done. Um, you know, uh, this is a situation where, yeah, the NFL has surpassed the CFL in many ways. And so I applaud the Marauders for doing this. I think it's great. Um, U Sports is somewhat of a pipeline for CFL coaching. I mean, a lot of CFL coaches are guys from the States or former players in the league. I know that some amateur coaches in Canada feel like there should be a stronger pipeline from U Sports to the CFL level. So if that ever happens, then having you know young women working and coaching at the U Sports level, that could potentially benefit the CFL. Indeed, my man. I think they definitely need to look at it more and get some of these talented women in the game that can provide a different perspective overall. 
2019 Grey Cup champion fullback John Rush found a wedding dress fit for his first COVID-19 vaccine date. Rush raised more than $8,300 for Winnipeg's Rainbow Resource Center, an organization that offers support services to the city's 2SLGBT plus community. How has Rush built his brand in Manitoba? Well, I think he's done great. I mean, John Rush, if you follow him on Twitter, follow him on Instagram, I follow him at both places, you'll know his dogs, Bone and Bonum. Um, both are about the size of me, which is, uh, which is amazing because I'm a pretty substantially sized person. Um, but John Rush, I mean, and let's also back it up for a moment. John Rush, I think, you know, maybe, maybe nationwide isn't as well known. He did have a relatively small role with the Bombers in 2019, but he's a legend at Guelph. He won the President's Trophy in 2015 as the top defensive player in U Sports football when he was a linebacker. Being a little bit undersized, he moved to fullback at the pro level, but you know, he's a player who who I've always really enjoyed, and he's done some really great things in the community. A few years ago, he cut his beautiful long hair uh, to raise money for cancer research. I'll never forget, I was at a game with my wife. She saw John Rush on the bench, and she looked at me and she said, I had no idea there was a football player in the CFL with hair that's nicer than mine. And I said, yeah, you know, I hate to say it, but... He does have beautiful locks, and he cut them off for a good cause. So uh, John Rush, full applause. Um, he's making a difference, and if you don't already follow him on social media, make sure you do. I'm a big fan of his. The Guelph Griffin graduate making a difference, my man, and doing it for a good cause. He's been posting about some of the hate messages, let's say, that he's gotten for putting on the wedding dress, but clearly it has not bothered Rush, who... To be honest, is his own man. He's clearly carving out this niche for himself since he's gotten to Winnipeg overall. And it's really interesting to see how different players go about their personas in different markets, right? A lot of guys do it in different ways. Some might be quieter, some might be more in the community. But Rush has done a really unique job, I think, in Manitoba and is clearly settled in there as a citizen. Absolutely. He's not currently under contract. I hope that changes. He's uh, a great player, a great person, and uh, again, very engaging personality. Full marks to him. We got to take a break, Dunkster, but when we come back, it'll be time for Hodges Heritage Moment. On this day in 2016, Chris Walby became the first player named to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Ring of Honor at IG Field. The nine-time CFL All-Star played 16 seasons with his hometown team, winning Grey Cups in 1984, 1988, 1988, and 1990. The two-time CFL Most Outstanding Offensive Lineman served as a commentator for CBC following his retirement and, in 2003, was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. Walby is widely considered to be the best offensive lineman in the history of the CFL. Dunkster, can you think of anybody more of a beauty than Chris Walby? Oh, man. I don't think so, buddy. That's a tough one. Tough sledding. If you ever get a chance to pull back a brewski with Chris Walby, do yourself a favor. Take him up on it. Three-minute drill powered by Jiffy Lube. 
BC Lions head coach Rick Campbell believes 15 or 20 years ago, Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson would be playing in the CFL. Can you imagine that? Dude, that would have been epic. Places would have been packed. That's in a completely different life, but fun to think of. Toronto Mayor John Tory wants NFL games in his city in the future. Your thoughts from the former CFL commissioner? Well, you know, the, the Bills in Toronto series did not go great. But hey, since the USFL is coming back, I guess everything that was old is new. You may as well try again. The Miami Dolphins have promoted Canadian scout Chris Rossetti. Could he be an NFL GM in the future? I can see it, man. I remember him at the University of Guelph. He literally created the entire Ontario University Athletics Conference rankings in NCAA football. It was amazing. He loves the game. I can certainly see it in the future. Ontario Sport Minister Lisa McLeod wants to see how fans at the Leafs Game 7 turn out in the next couple of weeks. Does that even make sense? No. I mean, <laughs> you had 550 vaccinated, fully vaccinated healthcare workers at a game. What, does she think there's going to be a spike of COVID in two weeks? I mean, if there was any chance of a spike, there shouldn't have been fans there. Bombers president Wade Miller was encouraged by the Winnipeg Jets and other provinces' plans to host fans. Does it bode well for the CFL putting bums in seats? It does in a way, Hodge, but we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Hockey is different from football in Canada. And if things don't change quickly in Manitoba, where you are especially, and to a little bit lesser degree in Ontario, you know, it does seem like it's getting better here in terms of the curve flattening and the vaccination rates getting higher, that that's really what is going to drive all of the decisions here is going to be that data. Riders president Craig Reynolds feels his team could accommodate its 21,000 season ticket holders at a minimum for the first game back at Mosaic Stadium. Does that seem realistic? Well, I've seen the step one, step two, step three reopening plan from Saskatchewan. I'm not a healthcare uh, expert, but I think it does seem realistic. They're killing it on the vaccination front. One of the top provinces per capita in the country. Keep it up, Saskatchewan. The Ticats have re-signed Canadian offensive lineman Mike Filer. The affable veteran wants another shot at a great cup. Will it happen in 2021? Until there is a season, there is no season. I hope he gets a shot at it. I hope every player in the league gets a shot at the Grey Cup in 2021. But until it happens, and we mentioned earlier, those flights get booked. There is no season. You reported former first-round CFL pick Jonathan Kongbo signed in the Spring League. If the CFL does play ball in 2021, will he be back in the peg? I think so. This is a guy who tore his ACL in a senior season at the University of Tennessee. That causes NFL stock to drop. His CFL stock increased as a result. Rehab the first half of 2019. Came on strong in the second half. If there is no NFL opportunity for him in 2021, I think he's back with the Blue Bombers. The Lions added Tristan Dice to their coaching staff, the son of longtime CFL coach Bob Dice. Could he carve out a long career coaching? It's possible. He's a smart kid. I've been around him while covering Canada West games and obviously got a great resource to learn from in terms of Bob Dice. Free agent Canadian receiver Michael Klukas ran a 4.36 laser time 40-year dash absolutely blazing. He's been in the lab during the pandemic. Which team should sign him? I'll give you a spoiler. All of them. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, we did just say there is no season until there's a season. So I don't know if I should pick a team. But I agree. If you're a Canadian receiver running a 4-3-6, somebody should sign the Klukatron. Star Canadian receiver, Dunkster, last one, Brad Sinopoli, is doing a fish-a-thon to raise funds for autism. Being in a boat for 24 hours would be interesting. Do you think you'd get seasick? I don't think I would get seasick, but I started thinking about this, and maybe it's not all right to say on the pod, but I started thinking, where's he going to go to the bathroom? Like, how's that going to happen? Oh, bro, I think we all know where he's going to the bathroom, which is why I'm glad he's going to be on the boat by himself. (laughs) On that note, Dougster, we're out of time. We'll see you next time, next Thursday. Join us again for the Three Down Nation podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.